Support for Real Pink comes from Genentech, a member of the Roche Group, who pursues groundbreaking science to discover and develop medicines for people with breast cancer. Learn more at gene.com. That's G-E-N-E.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. After Maureen lost her life to breast cancer, Gary Thompson lost his best friend and wife, and their children lost their mother. This is a family that still refers to themselves as a family of five years after Maureen's passing. Yet despite the love that they feel for her deeply, Gary immediately had to step into a role much bigger than himself and had to learn to tap into his mom parts in order to be there for his three children. He needed to give them everything that they so desperately needed and deserved both as they dealt with their mom's death and as they continued to grow and started navigating their own journeys. Here to share their story and to tell us what Father's Day means to them are our good friends, Gary and Kyla Thompson. Gary and Kyla, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Thank you. <laughs> so good to talk to you. I'm really looking forward to hearing a little bit more about your journey and, and really kind of what Father's Day means to you. So, Let's start uh, by, by telling us a little bit more about your journey. Gary, can you tell us a little bit more about your wife and your family's journey with breast cancer? Yeah, no, thanks, Adam. And thanks for, for having Kyla and I. I was blessed to meet my, my kid's mom um, in late 1989. Greatest day of my life was July 14th, 1990, when I said I do, and, and she said I do back. We have been soulmates. We have been best friends. And then I remember the day she um, got her architect's license after working many years to get that license. And we also got a call from our oncologist who had done the biopsy and said, you have cancer. Mm. And uh, it's one thing for the millions of women and, and men that have heard those words, but to see your wife hear those words was a crazy moment. Mm. And so when I think back weeks before that, we were at the obstetrician and that obstetrician felt Maureen's you know, right breast at the same time as we were hearing Kyla's younger sister, Caitlin's heartbeat. And so that's what led to that call a few weeks later after the biopsy saying you have cancer. And, and again, thank goodness for that obstetrician that made sure that with cancer being so aggressive in a pregnant woman, that we were able to get on top of it early and bring both baby into the world and, and mom into the world in, right. in, in a lot of ways. So that's how it all started, Adam. And, and tell us, uh, what, what was the progression from there? So that was the diagnosis. Like, what happened next? Yeah, so, so again, this being from the guy that wasn't going through the treatment, but it was a good time for uh, a right-side mastectomy. We did tail end of the first trimester, so this is sort of late 20, 2003 at this point. Then she started a round of chemo, which obviously is scary because we all know just how aggressive chemo is, but we discovered, thank goodness, that um, it doesn't cross the placental boundary. So Caitlin, youngest sister, you know, was fine. That all ended about a week before Caitlin was born. New last and white blood cells come back up for childbirth. And then a week after that started uh, a bunch of radiation and went into the beginning of five years of remission. Wow. That is, I mean, I, I can only, <laughs> pregnancy is hard enough. Chemo is hard enough. I can't imagine all of that together. I mean, she must've just been an amazing, amazing person. 
she was an amazing wife. She was an amazing architect. She was an amazing mother. And when I think about the courage she exemplifies, I mean, no woman, no man steps up to having to deal with any of that. And so when I think about the, the millions of folks that, that Coleman worked so hard for, I think about every one of those folks out there that are like, she was getting ready to be mom of a, of a baby child who was in the midst of a really great architecture career. And, and call it what? You know, cancer? Seriously? Wow. And then Adam, you know, from there, um, she was going back to her office after having taken five years off to um, work with a firm here in, in Austin. Uh, designing hospitals and schools, and we discovered another lump. So, you know, probably a secondary occurrence and, you know, started the journey again. Uh, it was HER2 positive at that point, so we were blessed by great drug from Genentech Receptin. But then late 2013, discovered that things were starting to hurt elsewhere, and it wasn't just being in your late 40s. Mm -hmm. It had metastasized. At that point, it had uh, become TMBC. So even the CADSILA that we were using from, from Genentech that was knocking out the HER2 positives just fine, wasn't knocking out the TMBC. And then the great twist of irony, because Kyla's been reading Nancy Bringer's book, Promise Me, mm. which I read and discovered that, that uh, Susie passed of metastatic pleural effusions, fluid on the lungs. And ultimately on the morning of October 21st, when I woke up in a very uncomfortable cot in a bed next to hers at the hospital and realized she was no longer breathing. Mm. It was those, um, it was that same reason. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it's an evil disease, but she was a beautiful woman. And I know we can beat this thing so that, um, as Kyla said in her Real Pink podcast, you know, everyone deserves to grow up with a mom and not just be stuck with their dad. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I really appreciate you sharing your story with that. Like again, she just sounds like an amazing woman. Um, so, you know, Gary, since losing your wife, tell us how the title of father has changed for you. Yeah, uh, it's 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 interesting because I really feel for for all the dads out there, right? I mean, there's the dads that the the love of their life is um, dealing with the disease, right? I mean, and and hopefully the treatments go so well that that they go into remission and they never have to get to the part that I'm in, which is having lost my wife. But I think about those dads because you're both caregiver and spouse and dad all at the same time. And there's no right, there's no wrong, there's just whoever you are as a dad and you gotta do what you gotta do. I'll tell you the hardest thing I had to do was, was that day of October 21st, 2014, was to, to go to the kids' schools. At that point, they were on two separate campuses. My two girls were in middle school and lower school and my son was at the upper school. And as a dad at that moment, you know, to have to go tell your kids that their mom was gone, just, mm. I think you guys could probably relive it just like I can. Like every step, every word, everything we did that day is just vibrant. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I can't even imagine what that was like. And, and what, what else has changed? What roles have changed for you since that time? Yeah, it's one of those things... You know, I was talking with somebody else from Komen this morning and, and we're just reflecting on it. And, and part of it is you just have to be whatever you need to be that day, right? And, and that changes every day. So the early parts of the process, you know, no doubt about it, the grief and the sadness were a synonym, you know, and, and as I've learned going along, the, the sadness changes, but you always grieve. And... The other thing I've discovered is actually reflecting on, on another friend's kind of looking at this, right? There's, there's like three phases to being a parent. 
in the first 18 years and had Maureen passed in phase one when these guys were, you know, not even six years old, had she passed then, my role as a father would have been really, really different, right? Because they were right. still in, in diapers and I was feeding them, right? Had she passed when it came back, we would have been in phase two, you know, sort of six to 13. And, you know, that's the age where you're teaching them stuff and creating memories together and teaching them values. Um, and then there's phase three where they're kind of practicing all that stuff as teenagers right. and right. failing and making mistakes. And that's the phase I'm in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm real sensitive to what my role is as a father and what others that might be listening to this that are fathers, because it really all depends on where you are in that process. Yeah. And so, yeah, anyway, just, just some reflections, Adam. Gary, I love what you said when you started, you said, you need to be who you need to be that day. Right. And, and I think that, I mean, and, and that speaks to me as a parent because I, you know, I have to flex just in general, but I can only imagine how flexible you must've needed to be over these many years. So, uh, I'm, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Kyla, I want to, want to chat with you for just a minute with father's day coming up. Has this day taken on a new meaning for you over the years? As I assume your dad has had to fill a lot of different roles in your life. It has, and it hasn't because Every Father's Day, everyone honors their father and just gives back in whatever way they can just for how thankful they are every day that they're in their lives and see them and teach them all their lessons that they've taught them. But I think um, the first Father's Day after my mom passed away, I think my siblings and I were just even more grateful than we have ever been for what he we had seen him do in the past few months since it had been a little over eight months since the passing of my mom on October 21st and just to see what he had done for us and for others and just like the love he had for my mom was just so powerful and I think ever since that day he's filled so many shoes and roles that you can never ask someone to be put in and I think he's done it with grace and always putting others in front of himself every single day and we're just at the end of the day we're just thankful for that and I think every kid could say the same thing for their father that's great that's great that's beautiful that's beautiful so so let's talk a little bit about Mother's Day as well and Father's Day do you do anything special how do you celebrate the each of those days as a family right now so there, there was a sort of an ongoing joke uh, in the family because there was one Mother's Day early on where Maureen probably did more mothering than being pampered. And so when it got to Father's Day, I kind of joked like, hey, you didn't get a break back on Mother's Day. So I'll tell you what, I'll do a little more fathering on Father's Day so that you can have a sort of a mom day. And so it's just one of those things where that's kind of continued. Maureen and I were two parts of one whole. Mm. And um, I wouldn't have the privilege of being a father to three amazing kids, but for the fact that she and I loved each other. And so Taylor, my older son, Kyla, who's with me now, and Caitlin, her younger sister, those three are an expression of the love that we shared together. And so Father's Day for me is really all about that. I see love when I celebrate that day. I love that. And I love that idea of 
Father's Day and Mother's Day being more about mothering and more about fathering? Because I mean, to your point, we usually think of it as the opposite. It's like, it's it's vacation. This is vacation day. <laughs> Let me be. It's going to be like, it's it's like you want to hide. We're going to brunch. Yeah, we're and going to brunch and then I'm taking a nap and all of you are going to gonna run, you know? And but I love that idea of, of actually just digging in more deeply on that day and doing more fathering or more mothering. That's kind of a beautiful idea. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Are there any special ways that you honor and, and remember uh, Maureen and anything that you do as a family or individuals that you can share with us? I think the biggest thing we do is we just keep her alive mm. every mm. single day. And we just talk about her like she's still alive. And I know that might seem weird and different, but for our family, it works just the way that it just works. Yeah. And like today would be her 56th birthday and it, seems like she would walk through the door and we would start singing happy birthday and have her carrot cake and her candles and just keeping her alive just makes it shows the fact that she was so important to us each of us in our own different ways and that we love her endlessly and that her love is still with us every single day so just i think for us Mm -hmm. like keeping her alive is a big thing but to the powdered donut story you got it. You're okay. so <laughs> But one of the other things we, we did, Adam, so the weekend before Maureen passed, the oncologist prescribed donuts. Um, she had lost about 20 pounds with all the chemo, so we dutifully complied with that prescription uh, quickly, got a powdered donut, and because it was hot in Texas at that time of year, you know, in September, um, she turned on the AC, and the powder of the powdered donut kind of blew all over her. And even in her weakened state, you know, the two of us are sitting in front of the Honda Odyssey laughing our heads off. Mm. And so for the, for the first year on the 21st, which was the day she passed, every month I took powdered donuts, turned that day into a day of joy, not sadness, to her oncologist, to the funeral home, to her old architect's office, to the schools. And, you know, to this day, that's what we still do on the 21st is, is have a powdered donut um, as a way to remember. Oh, I love that. And I, and I love too, you know, something uh, that you said, Kyla, that you'd imagine her you're walking into a carrot cake and just that little detail, remembering it's carrot cake, right? Like that is such an important thing uh, to keep her memory alive. That sounds, that's just amazing. So Gary, as a father of three, uh, raising your children after your wife has passed, do you have any words of advice to those that may find themselves in that same situation someday? Yeah, I mean, first of all, prayers to everyone out there that, that, that another dad doesn't find themselves in this spot. But unfortunately, this disease does what it does. Um, all I can say is be true to who you are, right? I mean, I, I'm being the dad that I need to be with my three kids. And so every dad out there is going to be able to figure out what they need to be. Don't worry about whether you get it right. Don't worry about whether you get it wrong. In my case, you know, I didn't just love Maureen and the kids' mom, but I cherished her and I adored her. Um, And I feel the same way about my three kids. And if you can get those three things right on any given day, um, all the rest of it's details. Um, The kids will be okay um, if you're okay. So let me just make sure I got that because there was some great information there. You said the first is be true to who you are as a dad because not all dads are the same and not all dadding looks the same or all fathering looks the same. Be who you need to be for your kids. So uh, bend to what they need, right? Don't worry yep. about 
if you get it right or wrong, and that's a great one because it's so hard as dads to worry, are, are we doing this right or not? And then cherish your children. Does that sound about right? Yeah, because love is powerful, but to cherish is just that something a little bit more. Mm. Um, and, you know, these three kids are an expression of Maureen and my love. And so I see her when I see them. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, Kyla, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners as well? Just, it's something he says every, what he would say to us every night. Um, but he would always go, God loves you. Mommy and daddy love you and you're special. And I think at the end of the day, hearing those words, and I bet you a father has something else that they have special with their kids, but that's something that we have with our dad and just cherish. It's as he always says, just cherish things. And I think that I think we cherish those moments and never take them for granted. Yeah. Mom used to sing them good morning, sunshine in the mornings. Dad can't sing. So I got to stick to my three things at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, Gary, Kyla, this has been a true pleasure. Maureen sounds like an amazing, amazing individual. Thank you for sharing your memories of her. Thank you for sharing your life with us. And I uh, hope that we get a chance to, to talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Adam. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com. Thanks to Genentech for supporting Real Pink. To find out more about Genentech's latest advancements, visit gene.com. That's G-E-N-E dot